1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to a very sad edition of Heapy. My name is Giancarlo Navas, and sadly with me today is co-founder Brian Goins, Lefty Leif, and sad special guest, Israel Gutierrez. Izzy, we don't want you under sad circumstances. <laughs> we want you under happy things.
2: I think under normal circumstances, I'm still the sad special guest.
1: No, that's that's Jason Leisure. He's specially the sad special oh, guest. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... Guys, it's a tragedy, right? What the f*** happened? Okay. I mean, do you want to piece
2: together what happened or what the plan was the entire time? Because this reeks of... And this is not a bad thing. And I say reeks. I don't mean in a negative context. But, like, this was the plan. This was what Pat Riley wanted to do. Um, He had to find a way... To separate himself from the aging superstar. And he did it. And he did it in, you know, cold-blooded fashion, if you will. Um, not that two years, 40 million is anything to sneeze at. But uh, if he, you know, if Dwayne wanted uh, them to look like they, they were begging, he wasn't gonna get that. And I think Pat Riley recognized that, you know, that's that was never gonna happen. He wasn't gonna let he wasn't gonna be that guy because he knew. In the end, it would be better for the organization if Dwayne's contract and his style of play was not on the team. And it's unfortunate. It's very, very unfortunate. And I think, you know, in a bigger conversation here, we can talk about sort of the championship thirst and how that weighs too heavily on the decisions of certain people like Pat Riley because, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world to have some success with a legend, you know, in your your game and on your team and just let that ride out for a couple of years.
1: I think Adam Smoot today on Twitter put it very, very well how he was talking about how sometimes, you know, people in your relationships are more important than the than the championships. And he said flesh over metal, right? And it, yep. it's – but I guess what I'm – the thing I found so interesting in thinking about it and thinking about it is how Riley completely checkmated Dwayne into the situation because after every, after all the tan—I I don't want to call it a tantrum—but after everything that they went through, without budging that deal, he could not accept it. Publicly, he would lose face. Right. Like he cannot. They had to adjust the deal for him to take it, and he—they did not do that, and he got checkmated. Because I, I think Ethan uh, on his show today articulated it. I don't think he's happy there, and I don't think he really wants to be there.
2: I don't think he would have been that happy here if he comes back with a deal that he was cornered into and, you know, just doesn't feel like he had the respect of the organization as much. And granted, had he showed up, uh, had he took, taken the deal and been here, he would have had everybody's respect. I mean, he's Dwayne Wade, but it just would have felt different. And the motivation happier? maybe wasn't there. Happier? Would he have been happier here than he was, is going to be in Chicago? I don't think he knows what he's going to feel like. I-, I think he's sad that he's leaving, but I don't think he knows what it- that experience playing in Chicago is going to be like. I mean, it sounded like a guy who was looking for sort of justification, but, I mean, he is a Chicago guy. He has dreamed of wearing that jersey and wearing that uniform. or so-
1: is that just what he's telling us now? Because it felt a lot in 2010 like he was using them, and I think guys have a history of kind of not wanting to go home and, if, yeah. I re- if I remember, he's tried to distance himself. Does he even? He used to go there in the off season. I don't think he does that anymore. Am I correct? I think that's more of a personal thing, you know. But that's what I mean. Like I, I, the 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 ex wife and everything. Like he has, at least it's felt to me, he's tried to distance himself from that place. And then the 2010 happened, and then from then on, we never heard of him going there or, or talking about it. So it it seemed like a place that he can go to where he doesn't lose face. Because you know he, you can you can do the home thing kind of like right. LeBron did, but it, it just I don't know the whole situation seems late. If you haven't said anything, man, you're usually talky.
3: Yeah, no, for sure. No, I was um, letting Izzy t- go because I know it's uh, time. It's to not how it. we do things here. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean it's it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, in 2010, I think that uh, it was at least he led Chicago to believe it was a little closer than maybe we look back in retrospect and think that it was. Um, but back to the original point about um, you know Wade leaving and, and the way that Riley kind of boxed him in and and you know how the where the disconnect happened. I mean, this really all, um, in my opinion, kind of circles back to the day that LeBron left. Um, Riley felt crossed, he felt betrayed, and the loyalty uh, was was hurt at that point. And I knew from then on that this was going to be an uphill battle between these two, and anyone, really, anyone associated with LeBron James is—it's going to be difficult for Pat Riley to do business with them. I mean, that goes. And that's one
2: element, by the way, that I don't like. I don't think people are really looking at closely enough. Like I I was talking to Levitard about this today. Um, That's very hypocritical of, of Pat because he's putting that feeling, that relationship, that bitterness ahead of but not ahead he's letting it get involved in his thinking he's letting it um you know steer him a little bit in the direction of okay we don't need Dwayne. let but me do the that smart his,
1: gm doesn't, thing doesn't that make his decision making kind of emotional because people are are giving him cutthroat this is riley assassin right. businessman but, I mean, but it wasn't it wasn't
2: some emotion there there had to have been i mean there had to have been and, and You know, from the other side of it, Dwayne Wade's side, like, he's been listening and watching you for two years. He's been hearing you, whatever you say, dogging his boy, LeBron James, whether it be on a podium or what you might say to his face or behind the scenes. Um, None of that helped. And the other part about it is, and and again, I was talking about this earlier today, was um, the idea of LeBron, I'm sorry, Dwayne and Pat having this great, great relationship. Like, when has there ever been, you know, the, the, the great relationship moments? I mean, things have been flowing smoothly with that group up until, or with those two, up until the last two contract negotiations, last three, I guess, where things got a little dicey. And it's just, okay, now when things get tough, you know, you're not family anymore. You're a businessman. And I get that. And so I think Dwayne noticed that. And so there was never, in my opinion, this amazing relationship between the two. It was, you know, they were both benefiting from the other.
3: For sure, and I I don't necessarily think that they were uh you know like two peas in a pod throughout their entire career, but their interest their interest was always aligned throughout the majority of their career uh, of of you know Dwayne Wade's tenure, yeah. and I and I felt like when when uh, when LeBron left, he felt like somebody who he was aligned with at least in terms of their interest from on a professional level that that began to, um, you know, go sideways. And, and there were things like, uh, he felt maybe Dwayne didn't necessarily recruit LeBron back hard enough or things like, um, not tipping him off that he was leaving or, or, you know, just various things like that, not trying to, um, you know, get between the lines of communication. And at that point it, it becomes, I know that we're talking about Pat being emotional, but he was hired to be to look after the organization and put the organization first. Sure. And when LeBron left uh, and Dwayne kind of didn't, uh, you know, act in concert with the organization, that was a direct, you know, hit to the organization's best interests. So Pat Riley is not going to necessarily sit back and not call a spade a spade in that respect.
1: I think, but. If we're talking about what's best for the organization, everything that he's done leading up to this point, he's lost face. Like, I can't imagine he can sit in front of a free agent and make promises that they're going to trust. Like, now, times are different now. It's not how it was in the 90s. Now, everybody knows everything. I mean, we have Dan talking, Ethan talking, you know, they're, they're reporting. And we kind of have followed this process so closely that Dwayne and Riley have egg all over their face. And I think that's gonna stick to them, more so Riley than Dwayne. So what good has he done for the organization with this? I mean, do you think that they have a legitimate chance of getting free agents with
2: I do, I still do, because it's different than it was, you know, than it would have been if, you know, he's your guy and you ditched him.
3: Look what they're doing certain. to Udonis. That is the like Udonis was. Well, but they haven't done anything to Udonis. That's you're you're assuming things. They could offer him the te- the room exception tonight. Wow. And, and I mean, well, I
2: doubt that they're gonna. I mean, based on the way they've treated him so far, they literally sent him an email with Eric Reed saying, "We want you back," and 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 that's it. And that was at twelve oh one on July first, and have had no contact with them since. I mean, like, that's that's
1: that's UD. Like, I I think the (laughs) reputation with UD... I think Udonis has a better relationship with Riley than Dwayne's ever had. Is he? Am I wrong?
2: It feels that way because that's kind of... That's been Pat's history. It's like the big guy, the warrior guy, is always his favorite guy. Um, You know, so I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if it's going to hurt them free agent-wise because you still have the draw of Miami. You still have the championship lore, and that's still going to be there because... Regardless of how he treated Dwayne Wade at the end, you know he got the most out of Dwayne Wade and got three championships as a result. And Man, so, Is that
1: how it's seen that he got the most out of Dwayne, or Dwayne did the most for Riley? Well, there's, there's a little the bit. Point of is
2: thing. that the, the, the result was championships because these guys who are com- are coming in their prime. If they were to be coming in their prime, are looking to win first, and then they're not thinking, "Hey, their last contract." Um, you know, if they come here, it's to win, and. They've already developed them, you know, their place in the league somewhere else, and they would come here to get the most money they can and to win. And, of course, there's the, the allure of Miami as well. So I don't think it's entirely—and you know what? Pat can absolutely pitch it. Like, Pat can sell it in a room and say, listen, this is what really happened. Yes, you can say what you will, but, you know, we still offered him a ton of money. And but we weren't going to do what, the, you know, what Kobe did to the Lakers. And that's another interesting point to me, too. And it goes back to the whole conversation of championship or bust is probably not the best way to deal with your organization all the time. But. Everybody keeps saying, you know, you didn't want to do what Kobe did to the Lakers. Look what Kobe did to the Lakers. The Lakers were god awful around Kobe. They were terrible. Really? They were never going to be good, regardless of how Kobe played. This Heat team... Kobe probably, like, helped wait, them by being,
1: Kobe probably helped them by being bad.
2: Yeah. Um, this Heat team with Dwayne Wade over these next two years would still be a playoff team. Would still be fun to watch. You'd still have Heat people filling that arena. And, you know, when you get to the end and you know it's the end and people are going like, to start admiring or respecting Dwayne even more and, and there'll be the nostalgia coming in and yet you'll still be going first round, second round of the playoffs and... Maybe get that playoff meeting with LeBron James. Like all that would have been really good for the organization for the next two years. They would have been fine.
1: Doesn't that also make it more attractive for free agents when you're going to a team that's almost ready rather than a team that's that's good? That would be his argument.
2: Yes. If you come here, we win. That's that's end game. That's result. That's what you want.
1: But now you don't have that without Dwayne, or you have that less. You have that less.
2: Sir, you're building it back up, and this year. You're going to sell. You you really need to see Justice Winslow play really well. You need to. You're
1: counting on that guy to be good at offense. Exactly, Hassan
2: Whiteside as well. And whatever happens with Goran Dragic, whether it's him or the person or the people you trade him for, um, you know they've got to perform because you got to have that base. You're right. You can't just say, "All right, Russell, you come here and we'll build around you." He's like, "I could do that
1: anywhere." I mean, but again, you're trusting a guy, and I mean, I I think it's all contingent on. On justice, right? I mean, Leif, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, you're. I mean, you, I think we can count on Hassan. Maybe I'm crazy, but I think we know what Hassan gives you. His rebounding percentage, numbers are very good, and we know what he does. Uh, we, he's a known commodity. I think Winslow going forward, especially on offense, is kind of a question mark that kind of concerns me. Yeah.
3: Well, and 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 part of that is that uh, you know there's a lot of unknown with a lot of these young guys, uh, Josh Richardson included. Briante Weber, who See, but to I think
1: league. I think with Josh, you know, you kind of know what you're getting. At, at the very worst, a three and D guy, right? Like at the very worst, and that is so. And you have them cheap because those. I mean, how much money has Trevor Reza made? Being that, like at worst, that's what he is. Winslow is completely unknown because at times he was unplayable on offense.
3: And I think this is where you kind of have to look at the shift in the organization um, from a philosophy standpoint, because eventually the keys are going to be handed to Eric Spolstra, and he is about player development. And you've got a group of young guys that need to be developed, and what you're kind of banking on is that they can take those next steps so that you have a nucleus in place, where if you go to a Russell Westbrook, you can say... Um, you know, look at what we have something to build on here. And the other part about free agency, I just want to want to close the loop there. If Pitt, if Pat was having to pitch the the CP3, mellow Bosh, LeBron era of players, I would say that maybe this fallout with Dwayne would be a big impact, but he he's talking to the younger guys, and they're not necessarily in those same circles, and I think that there's something to be said for that.
1: But does he have the same allure to those younger? Like, I think as the generations get younger and younger and his relevance kind of gets older and older, it doesn't – I mean, you're smiling. You're making – I'm not – you know I'm not anti-Riley. I'm just asking the question because this – I just feel like everybody lost. I feel like Riley doesn't look good. I feel like Dwayne doesn't look good. I feel like poor reporters don't look good. That people, I have to agree with. People are I think pitting that- Dan and Ethan against each other. It's like, why are we fighting? Why is everybody mad? <laughs> hey, is I think- he, am, am I right? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, just in terms of, like, people arguing or people getting mad at each other about this. Wait, we're, I didn't listen to to, to Levitard and Ethan. Were they fighting? No, they were not. No, but not people
1: want. No no, 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 not not at all. And I I know that those two have the oh, utmost okay. respect for each other. But it's just people are making it like on Twitter, and and the fans are just like, oh, Dan is pro this, Ethan's pro that. Ethan's Wade's mouthpiece. Dan's a front office mouthpiece. Mm-hmm, like, I mean, I, it, no, but it just gets it, ugly. People, like,
2: look, people, people are they're they're upset about this, man. It's obvious, and it's like. They don't know how to feel. So they're just looking at, at other people and criticizing. Like, I mean, I can see, I, I've, I've at times sounded like, uh, you know, a Dwayne Wade mouthpiece. I've at other times sounded like a guy who's fully on board with what Pat wants to do. Um, there are two sides to everything. And both of these sides have their reasoning and they both make sense for their respective sides. So it's not really about, you know, who's on what side. And I don't think Dan thinks any one way is more yeah, sense than the other. And I don't think Ethan does either. So what's the point? Like, why do we have to, you know, it's just... No, I, I agree with food.
1: you. I am yeah. like, but it's just, it's it's weird. And also the weird thing is how people like nationally feel bad for us, like feel bad for Miami. And I'm not used to that. I'm not used to sympathy from the national media. You
2: know what's funny? I don't, I don't know if national media sees that, but I see people kind of thinking, oh, there you go. Like, that's the end of Miami as a basketball town. And I'm just like,
1: ah. Are people doing that? Because I've just seen people feeling bad, like, for people down here. No, I
2: think people laugh at Miami a little bit. And they say, you know, uh, good luck trying to build that up again. LeBron got you everything. Dwayne got you everything. And, you know, it's going to disappear again. And you guys are going to be irrelevant again. And, um, you know, I, I just think they've built up. We built up too many young basketball fans down here in Miami for that to happen.
1: Oh, I think that's the thing. But also, my, uh, Heat, Heat fans kind of had that coming, right? Like, the Heat going and everything. And-
3: oh, yeah. I mean, on Twitter for sure. And and this is actually the next two, three, four years are going to be an interesting time for Heat fans. Because, I mean, I've been through these rebuilds since the day Riley got here. Um, there's been, you know, two or three of these periods where you have a lean year, or a lean two years. And, um, like, it's it's going to be an interesting uh Like scenario when you maybe have a down year this year uh, and then you could be facing a lockout, which always uh, can make fans get a little, uh, you know, nervous or or detached or that kind of thing. And, you know, it may not be a quick fix. This isn't going to be patchwork. All of a sudden, you're a you know a ready-made champion with a big three signing. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, and you know, basically, I'm saying when I say watch, I'm watching the fan base via Twitter and how they react uh, to uh, something that's a little bit different than what they've seen since uh, the big three happened, or even since Wade was drafted. Um, so that, I think that's an interesting dynamic to keep in play. Also, Izzy, I want wonder- I to one of the
2: things that like I think people just spending so much time, you know, discussing whose fault it was and everything else. And man, Dwayne Wade is gone. Like he is, he is such a great player, and for 13 years, like he was so much fun to watch. And. Just because he doesn't have the MVP trophies doesn't mean he's not that caliber of player. Like, this is one of the best guys to ever do it. And he played down here for 13 years and won you three championships. And it sucks that he's gone. Like, it's sad as hell. And you're right. We know, we talked about it earlier. It doesn't seem like he wants to be gone, of course. He just wanted them to try a little bit. If they would have asked Hassan Whiteside, just asked Hassan Whiteside to take a discount, he would have said, "Okay." if he says no, I'll just be mad at Whiteside. But at least you tried to keep me um and so yeah so the blame stuff doesn't really matter just it just sucks that it you know you don't get to see this through he's maybe i see a possibility of him you know two seasons from now coming back for one last you know run here something like that but yeah man like it's just so sudden the the suddenness of free agency like that dude's career in miami is over and you just have to sit back and reflect on it and it's amazing stuff to reflect on because it was so much and such great stuff but yeah it sucks
1: is he how long? How long have you been in covering the Heat? Like about the time that Dwayne.
2: Two thousand. Uh, so, so I covered Dwayne from day one, and I remember being in, you know, the living room of. He wasn't even in um, in a house yet. He was in temporary housing that the Heat put their players in, and it was me and him and his ex-wife, then uh, wife Siobhan and Zaire, who's was two at the time and now is a baller. Uh, and you know, I remember toward the end of the interview, like Zaire and I were playing on the Nerf. You know, rim, and he was counting (laughs) instead of counting down, he was counting up as he was shooting the ball. He was like, one, two, three, and then he'd shoot the ball. And I'm like, no, it's the other way around. It's three, two, one. And it was, yeah. So I've been like, uh, you know, I've known, I've been around Dwayne from the beginning. And it's, uh, does it hurt? it, it, It does, like in a way that, you know, my, a lot of my career has been tied to him. And so it's like, man, like even though I'm not strictly a Miami based, I'm a Miami journalist right now, I'm Miami based, but um, you know, for for everything, every little thing that you could say helped my career right time, right place, it was pretty much all Dwayne related. I like f- Dwayne brought Shaq here, Dwayne brought LeBron here, and you know, don't tell Pat that brought attention down here.
1: Something I've argued about him specifically is this generation of basketball fans around like mid 20s or, you know, or or young 20s, they've all grown up with Dwayne and they only know being a sports fan because of Dwayne Wade. There
2: are guys, there are fans leaving for college this summer who their first sports memory includes probably Dwayne Wade. Like you're four, five, six years old when you're first starting getting into sports. It's just Dwayne Wade. He's been there. It's like when I was five years old, six years old, and I remember, oh, look, Dan Marino. Like, that was it. He was there. He was uh, the center of the South Florida sports. And I grew up thinking it's just supposed to be there. And then all of a sudden he's gone. It's like, what just happened? Like <laughs> and so there are people who they've only known, Dwayne Wade, and that is their fandom, and now he's gone, and it's It's mind-blowing.
1: Dwayne also came up in a time where there were no other faces for sports in South Florida because the Marlins kept having their fire sales and the Dolphins have recycled quarterbacks and coaches. So like, and the Canes have what haven't been good since Dwayne was drafted or, or any of particular note. So, that's all they. That's all a generation of people know, of young people know, and they've grown up with Dwayne. I wrote a column last night about how he came in the league with a shaved head and no facial hair and no meniscus, and now he's a Hall of Famer, businessman, father, full beard with no meniscus. Like,
2: yeah, he we, used to. He came into the league hating even getting his ankles taped. <laughs> Look how much stuff he's got to wear. Oh my god, like, dude! Hey. <laughs> this
1: isn't even my final form. Like, that's what he looks like.
2: Yeah, it's crazy, man. And so, yeah. So, I mean, I still have a feeling he'll end his career with a Miami tie. You know, Miami's already doing all the right things. They're starting to to do a tribute to him tomorrow before he's even, you know, officially gone. So that's
1: Mickey, right? That's all Mickey's idea, and or
2: I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah, um, like that's that's what Mickey went over there for. Mickey he knew he wasn't it, allowed to to change the parameters of the deal because otherwise he'd be undercutting Pat Riley. He went over there just to make sure that he and Dwayne were cool because that's that's kind of what it felt like. It was, hey, voice your frustrations. Uh, let me know what you think. I can't change the deal. I hope you don't leave. I'm sorry if you do.
1: Is there love between them there? I think so. It think- yes.
2: Yeah, I think Mickey is is legit. Like, and they recognize his that he cares for them, even if you know. He did. <laughs> and, I think, color.
3: <laughs> and, and, and I think time will heal things. And I bet you that one day you'll see Riley and Dwayne sharing a bottle of wine, uh, kind of thinking back on it all. Um, Dwayne, I know. Probably. Right. Wine. He, yeah, he makes his own. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. What's it
1: exactly. called? Wait, is it? Is
2: it? Is it? it, wine, it I don't know why it's not called Dwine. Oh, my God. Why is
1: it not uh, called Dwine?
2: It was. I mean, there's an episode of 30 Rock. Uh, DeFuan is the character, and he makes his own wine, and it's called Dufwine. And he said, "Please, Dufrink, responsibly." And it's hilarious. Have you yeah, told Dwayne this? this great.
1: Have you Have you told Dwayne this? I don't think I told Dwayne that. I thought. Is he? What are you doing? <laughs> Text him right now. <laughs> hey, Dwayne, I know you're going through a lot right now, but idea, <laughs> you're welcome. Like that's amazing.
3: You know what makes all this suck that much more. Is huh. that just like in another month and a half or so, we're gonna go through just as ugly a situation with Chris Bosch. Like it's coming. Oh, like it could be worse. Batten down the hatches and get ready. They are not gonna clear him, and it is going to get ugly.
1: They never gonna clear him? Is that was this, is that where this is going?
3: It look unless it's unless it's
2: one hundred percent like clear that doctors are clearing him evident that you know all the doctors say no he's good he's good there's no argument as long as there is an argument against it they will in all likelihood hang on to that argument not clear him do whatever it takes to get him uh, to get his contract off the books in mid-february and yeah because even right off the bat you can utilize that in if you you know if you can the absorb, trade it puts you under the cap, and you can absorb uh, see, more that's money. That's so from
3: the trade. grimy. That's so grimy. Well, no, but like the thing is, is they're gonna say bring in a team doctor from any do- from any team yeah. in the league. Bring in your doctor. If and you're good, you play. Clear. Yeah. T- like so, call the Pacers. Call the call the Nuggets. Call whoever. Bring in their their medical staff. Don't call
1: the the Cleveland medical staff. Of course.
3: But I mean, like, if if nobody's going to clear him, then they're going to have legs to stand on there. And it it could get ugly, but they're going to have legs to stand on.
2: They don't have the same relationship with Chris Bosh that they would, that they did with Dwayne Wade. Like, it's not, I mean, Chris has been great for them, yeah, and he's been a great guy for the organization, and he's a good guy in general. But, no, they can be cold with him. They can absolutely be cold-blooded with him, just like he was with them when he said, you know, I'm taking the full max or I'm going to Houston, you know, back in 2014. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm telling you, they're going to sell it as caring. And you know what? Let me rephrase that because that's just mean. <laughs> they are going to have Chris Bosch's health interest in mind. But it's also going to coincide with their financial interests. It
1: feels dirty.
2: It does. It it's, feels dirty, even if they one hundred percent have his best interest in mind.
3: I know, but like, oh my it'll god! O- it'll only really be dirty in reality if you have doctors that come out around the league and say we would have cleared him if that was our player. If right. you don't have that, then it's not. But dirty. Like, you don't it, it think can feel, don't, however it feels, but that's it's complete nonsense. You like, don't
1: think deep down inside, if you gave Riley the choice, and you said Riles, he can never play again, or he can. Play and you're not sure if he's going to get it.
3: I mean, he- well, no, I mean, logically, you know, there's a lot of risk That's there. That's what I'm saying. Um, why it feels like, you dirty. know, like if, if there's a lockout, there's likely to be an amnesty provision that comes with that where you could amnesty him anyway. Okay. So at that point, you could put him back on the court if you felt there was no risk. Um, so, like, there could be other avenues there. And I, I just don't see, I think it's going to be more of a medical decision. And yes, the cap ramifications will also obviously. Tag along there.
2: <laughs> they could also do this, by the way, if he's fully cleared, it's just, hey, pick a few teams because we're gonna trade you. And then you just try to get back as many expiring contracts as you can.
1: Yeah, but you're not gonna get a lot for him.
2: I mean, if if
1: he's cleared health wise, yeah. I mean Boston Boston might
2: be a tr- lot. Frankly, you I'd want be- you want positioning, you want uh free agent uh money, you want salary cap space. So I mean you could get a couple agent contracts and a decent player. For Chris, but, but
1: would you want, would you want cap space or would you want a player that you have locked in considering what just happened? Um, because this, this felt Either
3: apocalyptic. You just want assets. That's what you would want in that right. situation. Now I mean, you, I sound, Are you coaching? Like, I, I, I sound like the trust the process, guys. To be, oh, my God. Who are What's you? To me?
2: <laughs> You're going crazy, Leib. Uh, Izzy, You're I know built you got, up to be like the Celtics, you know, and have a bunch of assets and then turn uh, that really quickly. So
3: I've Izzy, been fighting against that for so long.
1: Uh, Izzy, I know you got to go. One last thing before you leave. Yeah. How happy was LeBron? Did LeBron fist bump? When he saw the news, when he saw the Woj tweet or the Wade text?
2: Um, My thinking is no. No. My thinking is he knows his best friend or his good friend wants to be in Miami and be happy and not have to change teams. So I don't think he was happy. I think think he's less happy. I, I think he would be happier if Dwayne was happy. But yes, I'm sure, side note, subplot, back of his mind. Yeah, take that, Miami.
1: It's kind of like when your friend breaks up with their significant other, but you didn't like the significant other, but they're sad, and you yeah. kind of feel bad, and you're like,
2: yes, they're gone. Yeah, it's like, don't worry. The sadness won't last too long. You'll realize, <laughs> you
1: know. I'm here for you. Guys right together. Izzy, thank you so much for making time for us. I know it's a crazy day, and, and thank you so much. We appreciate it greatly. You got it, guys. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you. So I'm sad now. This happened yesterday. We had George on, and then George left, and I—I I was professional. I tried to do my show, and then when George left, I became very sad. Now I want to be sad again.
3: Yeah. Now that I mean, it's a tough day, man. I—I have I've been nauseous all day long, um, and you know, it's like it's—it's it's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, I have all my friends calling, saying, "Why did this happen? Explain this to me." Um it's difficult man it, it's uh, I mean even my son is like oh, but, no. Dwayne, but Dwayne Wade's the best basketball player in the world no. and I'm like I'm like but Justice Winslow <laughs> <laughs> but Justice Jay Rich McGruder McGruder <laughs> whatever you I don't, ready, I don't even ready know his for
1: McBob's bounce passes
3: Ooh. right um they it's going to be a tough season but um but only from a standpoint of everybody's so used to winning, I think that there's actually a lot to be excited about for the future. Personally, um, I think that there's like think about if this all happened and Justice Winslow and Josh Richardson weren't drafted last year. Like there, there's a lot of things like that that obviously. Um, no, but I, said,
1: I honestly think if they're not here, this plays differently.
3: It, I it could have. You could be did. right because you have less youth. To feel back to feel like you're falling back on. You're probably right, Jamie. You have less of
1: a rebuilding platform, you know? Correct. Ryan, you sure. haven't said anything. You're you're good when you talk. I can't wait till
4: Zaire Wade becomes the next Wade.
1: Yo, Zaire's a little baller, dude. Yeah.
4: Don't want... be
3: surprised. They they When's he eligible he, for a draft? They kept tabs on Trey. <laughs> Trey morning. Until they found out Trey Morning was probably not good enough to ever play in the NBA, and I think that uh, you'll probably yeah, see them. Tim- Timmy Hardaway Junior. wasn't
1: wasn't really. They didn't really try to get him.
3: Yeah, no, that, that I mean, I didn't hear much about that, but I do know that they definitely were. They had an eyeball out at Trey, um, and I think that they probably will for him. And now the fact that we're even discussing kids. And, and how they're going oh, to end up on the Heat means that, I mean, what a day. The
1: offseason has begun. Okay, though, I, want, I wanted to ask Izzy this. Do you think Zoe is like, man, this is brimy? Um, I mean, he's never – I mean, that guy, he'll never say that. But do you think uh, he's like, come on, Rouse? Z-
3: well, Alonzo is attached to the hip with, um, with Dwayne – I mean, excuse me, with Riley. But I can tell you that uh, he was shocked. When it happened, he was shocked that he. No, I mean, like, I,
1: it's. I read the news, and I swear, if it wasn't Woj, I wouldn't have believed it. I only believed it because it was Woj, because he's infallible.
3: Yeah, yeah. Gosh, that tweet hurt because there's no like. Well, re-
1: I, I, I checked him. when I saw the blue check mark. I'm like, no, this has this can't be real.
3: This
4: yeah. is a fake Woj account. I saw the David Aldridge tweet where he's, he, te- he pretty much got a text from Wade saying it's real. Dude, like... And that broke my heart.
3: <laughs> I, I can't, like... Just, just think about it this way. Um, we're, we're not going to be in this place too long. Uh, it may be a year, it may be two years, but they'll build it back up. I, so, I, don't,
1: well, I don't doubt that. And I think that they have a reputation, whether it be through the draft or... I, I won't doubt that they'll be competitive. They will not be the Sixers. They will not... Be these awful teams? They will not be the. They key. will not be the Magic.
3: That's they won't sure. even be the Timberwolves that were terrible yeah. forever and then got like have a. They're not going to be that. I know. I, mean, that. I said it to Dutch. We're not going to spend five years in the lottery when he talked about acquiring picks and all that stuff and having more. One two of years draft.
1: max. Like two Correct. years is a stretch. Absolutely.
3: Um, now, but the more that the keys get handed to Spoelstra, the more you're going to see a focus on the draft, and there may be less. Um, fast liquidation of assets for, um, for players via trade, but I think that that'll be a good balance because I think you're always going to have guys that have the Riley vision and the Riley uh, way, you know, team building philosophy. But you've got some guys now. Dan Craig is another one that are all about get him in my like. We always talk about Riley says get. I just want to get in a room with that guy and 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 talk and pitch him. Well, Spolstra and these guys are saying I just want to get a guy in the gym, and if I get him in the gym, I'll develop him. Um, And I think that that's going to pay off in the long run when you have kind of the ability to, uh, you know, we talk about teams being able to win in multiple ways. Uh, The organization may become a little more versatile and build in more than one way.
1: But Spoh's been the kind of coach that... He adjusts to the situation, right? So Chris Bosch goes down, completely reinvents the defense. Josh Richardson comes in, completely reinvents how they play. Like, he's such a, I mean, I, I have so much respect for him as a coach because I—I I, a lot of times we're kind of BSing if we know coach. Like, I don't, you know, I haven't seen in a lot of Rick Carlisle. I take people's word for it that Rick Carlisle's really good or Terry Stott, you know, but I, I mean, we watch Spo and we know what he's doing. We know the adjustments and we've learned through these. And, and I mean, the way that they've played basketball since he's been the coach, I I have learned a lot because you learn the intricacies and how often he changes things and you start noticing, oh, they're playing defense differently. Oh, they're not loading up on the strong side of the ball. Oh, they're switching more. Oh, now they have a shot blocker. They play differently. Like he's so – he's like he's like putty, right? Like he'll do whatever needs to be done.
3: Utility, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, And I think when you talk about next season, if we're just going to focus on – uh, what's coming at us fastest. You got to think he's going to say, we're going to play the Goran strengths. Like, that's what we have to do. Uh, they're going to they're gonna push the ball. I gonna think they're going to not- be good next year. I mean, I've seen people tweet, like, the Heat will have a better record than the Bulls. And we can have a separate conversation about how Rondo, Wade, and Butler may be the worst that's- one, two, three fit that you could put together of actually quality players uh, for a number of reasons. Um, I mean, I feel like Rondo and Dwayne are going to get in a fist fight on day three um, of practice. But I think that you know, when you look at us, we're going to get out and run. Guys are going to fill the wings. Hassan is going to be uh, more of a focal point, which I think will keep him engaged. And I think that'll be an important part of this. About if Hassan keeps developing and he looks like a like a like a pillar of the organization. That's going to be huge for free agents, man. Like, you don't find guys that do what he does uh, and change the game the way that he does at that elite level often. So, if you continue to see that and you got these young guys playing to their strengths, you may see guys like Winslow and Richardson outplay. What you thought they could even be capable of in year two, just because of style of play alone, they're just making layups and three pointers, or um, you know, getting out and filling lanes and things like that. So um, it's not as doom and gloom on the court as it is off the court, in my opinion. No, I'm not worried on the court. I, what
1: I'm, what I mean, this that thing is off the. I mean, and these these the tweets. Did you read the tweet string that the Dwayne Wade had? Oh God! I want to yes. thank you, Heat Nation. I've read. In- felt all you guys love from afar thank you for appreciating my 13 years the hardest part was leaving you guys y'all have supported me through my ups and my downs most importantly my downs i'm gonna miss running to the end of the corners of the court and the scores table yelling this is my house i mean like
3: dude. that's gonna be the statue that image of i've already that that has but to be the, it the layup versus detroit is mm. so iconic that too to No, but that's more iconic because this is my house continued to be said, and it's still said to this day, and Dwayne just mentioned it. I mean, he almost cemented it with that tweet today, Um, and I think that that, if you had to pick a statue, that's going to be it. And I think he'll actually get one, and I think that the day that he retires, he'll sign a a one-day contract to retire as a member of the Heat, and three goes in the rafters, and that's that. Um,
1: I'd go. I mean, if his last game is played in Chicago, I would go. I, I would go there. I mean, it's he's that important to me as a person and I know who's ever read my column, a uh, little plug there com. It was uh, awesome. Thank you. But no, it was it was whatever. It was it was very rambly, but I, it was from the heart. So like the day that guy retires, I'm going to be there wherever it is. If You're going to print Chicago, it out and
4: give it to him, aren't you?
1: No, that's weird. <laughs>
3: Have him autograph it? Dwight, I wrote it myself. Autograph my
1: story, Dwight.
4: Had
3: Leisure give it to him. Leisure went up to Hassan and said, could you unblock this guy? And he showed him my Twitter profile. And Hassan said, absolutely not. Why? (laughs) Why? I didn't hear a reason why. He just said that he specifically asked for me. That's so funny. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was was a while back, like back in the season when I first found out I was blocked. Um, And he said, no, he couldn't do it. Can we talk
1: about how great uh jason leisure has been even through the off-season dude
3: jason leisure is hilarious yeah no he's he's a great follow and uh he he kind of took a page out of ethan's book in terms of always interacting with all of his followers but he does it in a much (laughs) different way than ethan does and it it, it, it's good it's good to have that i feel like i feel like the local media in miami uh i would be hard pressed to find another markets media that is uh as talented and i know that we could go on and on about all that but also like it's it's a cool group of uh, of dudes when you talk about how they interact and 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 stuff like that i mean we just had izzy on
4: in this show i mean we're not even anything and he's coming on along with what george yesterday
1: donald yelled at harrison last night it was great Uh, i I even heard this
4: podcast uh, i wasn't even there for
3: it I'm gonna yeah. put it up tonight. Yeah, we're yelled gonna. At him? That is just wonderful. They are Harris, dude. He Harrison has been getting yelled at for a week now, like nonstop, man.
1: That guy doesn't give a bleep. Harrison will like he doesn't care. It's amazing. Yeah. No, but yeah, I, I think the local guys here are, and they're just guys you'd hang out with. Like I'd be yep. so down to hang out with any of them. Like they're they're just cool. What's up, Stu? well, You had to, you want to tell your Stu got story? <laughs> Leif, have you heard this? No, I haven't. Okay, let's just so – let's was us um- Oh no, wait. Let's juxtapose the two. So I was, at a, I was at a World of Beer in Midtown, and Dan was having an event. So my friend was late getting to the bar, and he goes, I'm going to be half an hour late. I'm so sorry. And I was like, I guess I might as well go meet Dan. So it was Dan, Bomani. I actually met Bomani. Bomani was super nice. We talked, shook hands. And I was like, I kind of want to meet Dan and say hi because, like, I, I, I mean, as a professional, I look up to Dan. So I'm kind of waiting around, and it's really awkward. And then Dan kind of waddles over, and he's like, hi. And I was like, hi. He's like, what's your name? And I'm like, Giancarlo. Hi, Giancarlo. And then Sugats is like, oh, Sugats, come meet Giancarlo. He fucking left me with Sugats, who had his hand with nachos, crumbs on his shirt, like chancletas. And I was like, this is a disaster. He's like, hey. And I was like, hey. And I'm like, oh, I get it. It was just, it, I was mortified. I was. That sounds so
3: awkward. It was Ugh. the most awkward thing of my life. Thank God. So that's me. why you didn't go up to Mike Ryan when you saw him recently. <laughs> no, God. No, I see. And, and I see Mike. That's
1: like the third time I've seen Mike at a bar. Like, we, for some, I mean, I guess we both live in Kendall. So we frequent the same events. And I've seen him a couple times at Fado's because we watch the U.S. soccer games. And I'm like, people are like, why don't you just go up to him? Because I'm with different people. I'm like, oh, that guy was on my podcast. He does ESPN radio. They're like, go say hi. And I was like, nope. It's weird. All right, Brian. Now you tell your story. That's so much better than mine.
4: I'll make it quick. But essentially, same case, same scenario, except I actually knew that Levitar was going to be there. Did You You didn't happen to know he was going to be there. No, you I just, knew. Was, I knew. You do? I, okay. I kind
1: of planned it on purpose because I, I wanted to go with my friend. But I didn't want to go alone. But my friend was half an hour late. So I was like, yeah, whatever. So go yeah, continue.
4: So I, I planned to go see him because I actually really wanted his advice and I was trying to get some kind of like business contact with him, either a phone number or an email. I happened to get the email, but in the process of getting that, I had to go through Mike Ryan, I had to go through Allison, I had to go through Stugatz in order to talk to Lebetard, who was in the middle of talking to two other girls. I broke that contact with him. But in that same situation, Stugatz offered me he offered me, like, a plate of wings from, um... <laughs> I, I forgot what the place is called. It, one of the sports bars in Miami. Duffy's? Duffy's Not Duffy's. Um, Flanagan's? Yeah, I think something like Flanagan's or something. Or he Flanagan's. gave me half. It was like a plate. It was pretty much a plate of wings, and half of them were already eaten, and the other half were still full. I think they were already cold by then. He gave you half and, and then And he gave me, like, two beers to go give my dad, even though I was underage. You,
1: and you ate the wings.
3: I ate the wings. My dad took the beer. Did you eat the ones he already ate? No. <laughs> <laughs> that would
1: be so weird.
3: No. <laughs> but there were literally bones,
4: like, still there. Like, they're like, <laughs> it was bad. But
1: That's your experience weird. was so much. You got Dan's email. No, he was even, he's like. No, oh, Dan was awesome
4: you- with me. Dan, Dan legitimately took time to, like, give me journalistic advice. He told me that, um, that, because I told him how I could do everything. I told him I could do podcasts. And I could do writing. I could do video production, I could do pretty much anything. And he told me just to stick with you one thing and like just that? be a master guy be... You lied to him? I, I have done all this stuff because I was coming back from high school. You don't really podcast. I mean, I was doing the podcast with you at the time. I'm
1: kidding, I'm kidding. I'm just pulling your leg.
4: I produce a lot better.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, get defensive over here. You sound like Mike Ryan that day they were making fun of him. <laughs> but Mike, Mike
4: was really cool too. I will say that. No, yeah. I, he I, pretty much told me the same story she shared in the podcast about going to Miami Dade without really having a degree.
1: in, oh, in radio. Oh, well, excuse me. Brian got the scoop before we did. I've, I've, um, I forgot what I was gonna say. I was gonna say something I about know. Mike. I don't remember. Okay, this, we're we're getting boring anyway. Where were we before we got derailed? We were talking about the draft class. Now,
3: did your son, Lave? Did your son cry? No, nah, he ain't cry. He I mean cuz <clears throat> I said we could still root for him. <clears throat> he said, you know, like that's the whole thing about Dwayne leaving. Like I had a couple people from work text me this morning and say, "Well, do you hate Chicago now the way that you hate Cleveland because I'm known throughout the office as somebody who is not favorable with Cleveland?" No, and I said, "No, it's that's it's, a nice way to put it. It's completely different to me and I, and actually like I'm not going to root for Chicago, um but uh, I I'll too. I, I'm, I, I'm going to tune in and watch, and if all of a sudden Chicago and Cleveland are playing each other in the playoffs, uh, <laughs> like, go Bulls, you, you know what yeah. I
1: mean? I'm different. I don't want Dwayne to beat LeBron if he's not here. That that's, was our thing. Yeah, he can't true. have that. That was ours. That's a collective thing that we all were supposed to have. Plus, it would so never happen. We never got it, so he can't have it either. But I would root for them to win a championship. If you ask me, I would like... If I could pick any team to win, I'd like them to win. But I don't want him to beat LeBron. That was our thing. He can't have that.
3: Yeah. Can't. That was ours. Gonna kind of have to go through that, LeBron, to get there. (laughs) Yeah, I want, I mean, God, I hope he doesn't beat him. What if we
1: play um, Chicago
4: in the first round?
3: Maybe. We can't lose. We can't lose. You know a team that's actually, and we don't need to go too far off into this, but the team that's going to challenge Cleveland the most is Indiana. Watch. Mark it down on, on okay. July 7th that Leif said Indiana will challenge them the most in the Eastern Conference. Do you think? Absolutely. I agree. Watch.
1: How how much better have they got?
3: <laughs> a lot better. They've transformed their offense, and they have a guy who can go toe-to-toe with LeBron in a seven-game series. Uh, and we've I don't, seen I don't trust
1: it. Trust Paul George like that.
3: Well, but he did it. I mean, against us. I mean, he was dropping thirty. I know that's not. LeBron was, like, Lebron was shaking his hand on the court because he was dueling with him so well. Uh, and I think that that. But we we don't need to make this about the Pacers. But I think that they did. I I like their off season a lot personally. Pacer Cast.
4: Doesn't have a nice ring to it.
1: I think. One, no. I think one time we did a Marlins podcast. Oh, my God. I never it was, listened so, no, to that one like, for good reason. There was, like, this time that there was nothing going on. Like, it was the most boring time in Heat history.
3: And we talked about the Marlins. <laughs> that was bad, dude. So, uh... I feel like the air is being let out of the balloon here significantly on this podcast.
1: No, I, it is because I'm running out of things to talk about and I just think
3: of Dwayne and get sad, right? And yeah. like- no, that too and especially knowing that this Bosch thing is going gonna, is gonna to rear its ugly head. Um, it, it's it's going to be a tough few months and really the only thing to look forward to is when they get back on the court and you can actually watch real basketball again. Usually the transaction is... In Miami has been just as fun as the action in certain ways. And this is going to be one of those times where it is absolutely not the case.
1: Would you guys be mad at me if I've been looking up pork chop recipes for the last 20 minutes?
3: Yes.
4: <laughs> what?
1: Uh, Manny Navarro goes, Justice Winslow said Dwayne Wade's departure has shaken him. And it's in quotes, I'm still not over it. And then uh, uh, Jack goes, My heart is broken for justice. I was like, He played. Like today, <laughs> Jack goes, he lost his hero. Oh, we all did.